0: Good evening, what is your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. this is MIT podcast MIT stands for mindset into Transformations. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life. We discuss their story of success and the mindset drive them into achieving impossible. How would you evaluate your current financial status? what are the, the measurable and what's the plan of improve, improvement in 2023 Many experts are predicting the financial market will still be going, you know, into a certain struggle stage. As we all know, real estate experts make money on the way up and also on the way down. So what is your plan of 2023? I sincerely believe our guest today would inspire you in a big way to help you understand the opportunities and what it requires to allow to capture these opportunities. Our special guest today is Elvin. At the first time meeting with Alvin in person, our star, uh, the story he has shared made me speechless on what he has uh, been through and how he overcome those challenges. He finished his speech by saying, if I can do it, you can do it. That really touched me. Alvin has been in the real estate industry for over 35 years. Starting as a handyman selling painting and repair services door to door, Alvin has grown his empire into a quarter billion empire. Without further ado, let's welcome our special guest today, Elvin Hope-Johnson. How are you doing, Elvin? Thanks for coming to our show. I think you are on mute.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Hey, will you close that for me? Hey, it's such a a wonderful uh, time to be with you. Thanks, Ben, for the the gracious um, introduction.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you like it. Um, I I, I have tremendous um, respect to you. Apparently, you know, uh, you you are just like most of our real, you know our fellow re- uh, real estate investor. We come from we come from nothing basically. We build things from ground, and you are one of us. Uh, before we touch into any further details, uh, can you please give us a, a background uh, introduction about yourself? Like, what have you been doing, and what you are currently doing? Sure. Um, well, again, my name is Alvin Hope Johnson,
1: and the Hope came uh in my middle name because there was a time man where all I had was a hope and a prayer. And, and so I literally had to hang on to something. And so I said, well, we're going to just we're going to hang on to some hope because if I don't have that, then I'll never get anything else. So um yeah, real estate. So this is uh 2023. I actually started painting houses in 1982, so it's been 41 years. Right out of high school. And um when I say painting houses, they throw me in a closet and teach me how to sand sheetrock and baseboards and all of that. And then from that, you know a couple of years later, man, I was actually a paint contractor. so the guy I went to work for went out of business and uh, and I started knocking on doors and I because I needed to eat so we uh, I would get I'd paint your house for a couple of hundred bucks if you bought the paint that led me to knocking on a guy's door that was doing a hotel renovation and I became a contractor for him. And um, running a whole paint crew. And that turned us and turned me and my little young family into a millionaire family by the time I was. I mean, so I think my son was born, I was 24. No, he was, I was 21 when he was born. So about 22 years old, uh, millionaire by 24. Uh, on his third birthday, we were broke. <laughs> Up and down, real quick. Mm-hmm. Made a bunch of money, spent it. Uh, invested it wrong it was 1989 interest rates were 18 plus percent uh nobody was building anything uh and it almost felt like a time that they say we're going into now being a really deep recession uh mortgage rates were over 18 percent you guys are crying about six and seven i don't think we've seen anything yet
0: but mm-hmm. that's another
1: story um and so um And from that, man, we just, just kept knocking on doors and knocking on doors. And, and from, so from a, from a high school graduate, no college to a paint contractor, making million, a million plus dollars and in the bank by the time I was 22, broke by 24. And then I drove a truck literally for about three years and figured out what I wanted to do in life. And, and really that was just to eat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I, um, after that, I got back into real estate and. Started doing housing again and then I moved to Houston and got into the mortgage business and did that for a long time until about two thousand and eight. And then in two thousand and eight, the one thing that changed my life, man, is I went and volunteered for a guy. I knew that he had something for me. I was forty four years old. A whole life had happened a whole lot of life had happened between twenty two and forty four. A whole lot of life. Mm-hmm. But I knew that this guy when I was introduced to him that he had something that I needed. And so I wanted to help make his dreams come true. And I told him I would serve him. And he let me. After a year of calling him, literally calling him every week for a year, met him, talked to him three times after that meetup. He quit answering my calls. I called him 49 more times. On the 52nd time, he picked up the phone and said, Alvin Johnson, I'm tired of you calling me. If you really want to know what I do, you can come up here and I'll put you up for 30 days. And I went, oh. You knew it was me. He said, yeah, I know it's been you. Everybody says they want something, but not many people are willing to go after it. And because you kept calling me, you can come see what we do. So a year later, after meeting this guy, I went and volunteered for him. And uh, he has 16,000 units of apartments. So I'm like I said, I knew he had something that I needed. I didn't know what it was, but I knew if he had 16,000 units of apartments, if I couldn't do anything, maybe I could work for him. And I could help him out. So that was my position. And he allowed it a year after, 13 months to the day after I got there. I got there March 1st, 2008. April 1st, 2009, he died in a car wreck. I became president of this foundation that has 16,000 units of apartments after serving this guy for a year. So I went from a volunteer to the president of a $2 billion company. I learned really quickly what I didn't know, but what I knew was that there was a there was a shortage of uh, great housing, and here we had 16,000 units of it, and so we wanted to try to preserve it. Unfortunately or fortunately, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Fortunately or unfortunately, um, the organization was put into a bankruptcy when my friend died. We walked it out for two years, and after two years, all the assets went away. And I wound up at Hope Housing Foundation as a president with just a hope and a prayer that we could one day go buy some apartments. Wow! This was 2011. So from 2011 for the last 11 years, 12 years now, I've been a president here. And we've grown our portfolio from no properties to what we consider today to be about a $250 million net worth uh, with the projects that we have coming through the pipeline today. And that's my background, man. So when I said, if anybody, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I barely, I say barely graduated high school. Not because I was dumb, because I didn't apply myself, but I had no college. Um, The only thing I had going for me was a work ethic and some tenacity that would not allow me to quit. I tried to quit and I couldn't quit. And when I say I tried to quit uh, and couldn't quit, uh, there was some really challenging times that made me want to not be here anymore. And since I lived through that, uh, I knew that I couldn't quit, so I figured I may as well figure it out and go try to do something great. Here we are. Wow, wow,
0: wow! You know, I, 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 I think so. I, I'm probably made the wrong call to ask you to give a high level background, you know, just in the beginning, because you know, 35 years, and I'm asking you to give a summarize within like what three minutes? This is crazy. Well, we an, uh, yes, yes. You you've done a phenomenal job. Um you know, I, there there are there are a lot of up and downs and you speak like it's just piece of cake. And it's not I, I believe so. It's not. It I, I, I would really wanted to dive deep into into um how basically how you um face well first of all, face those challenges and uh-huh. until the time you can help it and it failed and You have the courage to restart and and put those mistake behind and at the same time, learn from those mistake. Right. There's there's a lot of lessons that that that, uh, you know, you know, we as a a, as a newer investor should learn from you. Um, So um, just to get started, that's 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 talk about, you know, um, your first, uh, uh, you know, challenge, you know, say, you know, you're, you're 22, you're a millionaire. Twenty four, mm-hmm. you were broke. Mm-hmm. Why is that? And, and and was was it broke, you you know, truly broke, like was it or was it just a mindset broke or was it like financially broke? It was broken mindset, financially, everything. Um
1: so a lot of that had to do with being so let's go back. Um you you you're talking to a guy that Wow, this is going to be. In order to understand the mindset, I have to give you some backdrop. So, at nine years old, man, I was sexually assaulted. Okay. From that experience, you had a kid that wanted to disappear, that didn't want to be heard, that didn't want to be seen, that just literally wanted to get by. Didn't want, didn't, all my dreams had quit, all my aspirations of doing anything had quit. This creep stole my dreams. A couple of years after that, my dad left home and left my mom, and left me. And so now you've got a kid; all his dreams were stolen. Uh, got abandonment issues from his dad leaving home, uh, leaving him and his mom. And then we get thrown out of our house. My mom's school teacher, dad's school teacher, both of them educated. Uh, we get now we're homeless, looking for a home. My mom found a little house really quickly and put us in it. And so now. And then at 15, I get in trouble with the police hanging with the round guys. Again, the same kid that didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be heard, just wanted to disappear. Now is being uh, had a, uh, at that point, I had a criminal record for doing mm-hmm. some dumb stuff. Uh, I don't have one now because uh, it wasn't that serious, but it was serious back then. Mm-hmm. But so a, a scared kid got out of high school. The only reason I was knocking on doors was because I needed to eat. It's kind of like a dude going through a garbage can. Nobody wants to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Nobody wants to knock on doors to sell painting services, but I had to. So I did that out of fear. And then doing that out of fear, I walked into a situation that allowed me to to make a lot of money just by what my work ethic only reason i had that work ethic was because i knew that if i quit i wouldn't be able to eat so fear as a motivator and i'm gonna just tell you that fear and anxiety are horrible motivators they're almost unsustainable fear will push you to the point of doing something but how long will fear keep you there not very long so the The what did I do with the money you know so now I'm eighteen doing this, and now I'm nineteen doing this and now i'm twenty two years old and'm thinking all these people that are supposed to be so smart why they don't have no money, and we got a lot of it, so I'm investing in the wrong people, giving people money, buying cars, uh buying a lot of equipment to grow my business at the wrong time. <laughs> trying to build a construction company when interest rates were 18% and nobody's building or buying. And I'm in a town of about 80,000 people in Southeast Texas. Just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So that's where the money went. And uh, so it was never blowing it on drugs and alcohol and none of that junk. It was investing in a lot of the wrong people and investing in the wrong business at the wrong time. So three rights at the wrong time turn out to be the wrong thing.
0: Evan you uh, mentioned about you know you when you get started you come out of fear right you have to knock on those doors Mm -hmm. but how many people out there are trying to sell the painting business can out can get up to a millionaire position Uh... right so what like let's let's talk about like what what helped you get to that level first like like what what make you be 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 so successful to get the first mil- first million? Well, it maybe it was luck, maybe it was
1: destiny, but I had, you know, this particular neighborhood of houses, it was the nicest neighborhood in town. And I knew that because I had worked for the guys that built those houses and painted them, right? Well, I'm talking, you know, houses back in the eighties that were a couple of million dollars back then. I mean, these houses are 10, 15,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And so, the, the neighborhood next to that was houses that were three to 5,000 square feet, 100% brick. And so when I say, hey, I'll paint your house for a couple of hundred bucks, I could do that in a day because I was really good. So it was no big deal for me, and I was making almost $1,000 a week doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, knocked on the right door, and that one door, because I kept knocking, uh, the guy that opened it was James Gonzalez. And he was the builder that was actually doing the Ridgewood hotel in Beaumont, Texas, I said, I know you, your name's Alvin. You used to work for X. And yeah. I said, yeah. He said, can you get you some help? I said, yeah. Why? What do you need? He said, we're doing this big hotel job and I need a painter. And so he knew that he was hiring a young guy that had a work ethic that could get some help. So he, was he taking advantage of me? Maybe, but I was taking advantage of him because he gave me a million dollar plus job that, that put a million dollars in our account. The same thing that allowed me to keep calling Steve for 49 weeks after him not answering my call, I kept calling. I kept knocking on those doors. I kept, kept, because if you don't, I'd already tried to quit and couldn't quit. So I knew that if I kept knocking on doors, at least I could keep eating. And that's, that was my mindset.
0: Persistence imperfect action. That's correct. It's awesome. Awesome. It's 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 really uh, inspiring to me, Um, and 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 of course, like you said, you have made some mistake that you know, like you said, three round mistake or three rounds, you know, thing that that caused the entire thing.
1: Um,
0: And you you mentioned that I think three good things just at
1: the wrong time: (laughs) investing in people, the wrong people; (laughs) investing in a construction company at the wrong time; and trying to grow a construction company and. At the wrong time. And and I didn't, you know, so. Yeah, three really good deeds just done at the wrong time lead to the same catastrophic event
0: failure. So um, how does it impact you, I mean, for the later decision that you have to make? Like, that, does those turn into some sort of rules or principle that you have for yourself to follow or your team? Well...
1: Ben, I hadn't, you know, that's a really interesting question, but I don't know that it's turned into a rule, but it has just continued to feed the thought process that I had that if you keep showing up, um, the door will eventually be opened. Um, If you keep putting yourself in the right rooms or in the right environment, then more is caught than taught. You know, I can catch a whole lot more by being in the right room than you can teach me. And so that's, that's a mantra for me. Um I keep showing up, awesome. and I keep awesome. uh and when I show up it's not just showing up to get I show up to give because the gift is in the giving, and when I show up to give, then I'm typically the largest receiver in my mind anyway.
0: you show up to give, yes, not to show up to get that's correct, wow, it's pure gold <clears throat> it's pure gold um Let's wrap up this uh, s- uh, session right here. When we come back, let's talk more about what you're uh, currently doing. Um, you, you're currently owning uh, uh, a quarter uh, a quarter of a billions you know asset or portfolio, and that's, that's a stacking number, so right? It's, really? it's crazy to a lot of people. So when we come back, let's, let's dive into deep details and, and, and let's talk about the opportunity in the market in this year. Sounds good. Thank you for coming back. So we're talking with Elvin today, um, and if you missed the first part, you have to you have to go back to listen to it because that really would inspire you in a big big way. Um, re- really, you know, the true teacher are the the people who have made those mistakes. You can re- you can avoid making the same mistake, but but it's, it's not guaranteed that you can repeat the success, right? So learn from other people's That's mistake right. and keep growing. So um in this session we want to focus on what Elvin uh, has been doing um especially right now. He owns a, a big big empire. Um you know, investing and developing multifamily are his focus right now. So that's let's dive deep into um this topic. Elvin, what do you see in twenty twenty three? What 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 is the opportunity here and and, and, and you know in terms of investing and developing Uh, developing uh, multifamily
1: well you said something just now that made me get my pen because i didn't want to lose the thought you talked about doing some of the same things and and you know and expecting a result i heard something very interesting the other day they said that the the new definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result now most people say doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result But let's break that down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's 2023. If I had a business that I ran the exact same way in 2022 that I did in 2020 during COVID, do you think I'd make it? Probably not. If I had a business that I ran in 2020 during COVID that I ran the same way I ran in 2019 before COVID. Do you think I made it? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Doing the same thing, expecting the same result can sometimes lead you to disaster. They said that sometimes our greatest Mm -hmm. detriment is our last level of success. Because sometimes we think that the next win is going to look like the last win. Mm -hmm. And it has to be done the exact same way. And that's not necessarily the case. So some of the opportunities, man, for 2023, I was reading something yesterday where I saw two developers have, one of them defaulted on a $483 million transaction, about some 8,600 units at a pretty low cap rate, expecting to be able to push rent to 150, 200 bucks. Like everybody's saying, oh man, it's a... Sounds good until it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds good until that that interest-only loan that you thought you had and you didn't lock in. And then that 3.5% interest rate, interest-only, goes Not to 60%. 9% interest-only overnight. Literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally overnight? Literally overnight. I mean, from, like, uh today's the seventeenth. So I, I close out my month on the twenty eighth of January and when my interest recalcs on February first, I got a new mortgage statement three times the amount from one hundred thousand to three hundred thousand. And it happens every day. It's happening every day now. So some of those some of the opportunities will lie in buying assets that the that the sponsor thought. He could push, they could push rents on a couple of hundred bucks. Um, some of the ones that they thought the cap rates were going to continue to decrease and they bought at a four and a half cap, and now we're going to raise rents, you know, 150 bucks, and we'll be able to cash out at a three and a half cap. And now these things are underwriting at a seven cap because they're 75% occupied. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, That's going on across the country. So we have yet to see um, what the fallout from that's going to be. But I can tell you that real quick, December, was it, might have been November, in Dallas County, Texas, they had the highest number of evictions ever filed in the county of Dallas. Over 4,000 evictions for renters because the moratorium's been going on and nobody's been pushing the envelope and and the interesting part about that news segment, to me, everybody sees and hears different things, but to me, what I saw, the news people the news people just taking video, right, of apartment complexes where people's stuff was being put out on the curb that day. They showed about six developments. All of those particular deals, to me, looked like deals that a novice would have bought, you know, flat roof deal. Hey, man, we could put some paint on it. We can do the redo the handrails and we can raise the rents a hundred bucks. And these things were built in the sixties and seventies, right? Oh, because oh, it's only eighty five thousand a unit instead of a hundred thousand a unit. You buy it for eighty, thinking you can push it to one thirty by raising the rents, and then it tanks because now you got sixty five percent occupancy because mm-hmm. you're having to put all these people out because the guy that was there paying six hundred bucks a month rent, you thought he could pay eight hundred just because you raised the rent. Doesn't necessarily work like that.
0: Yeah, and so it's going to be a lot money. of
1: opportunities of bad deals like that. Where well, guys just got really aggressive, thought they could push the rents because the rents in Dallas County are up 16% for the last two years. Okay, that's great. But that doesn't mean you can do that in every part of Dallas County. And that's why they have so many evictions. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that across the country, not just here in Texas. that's yeah, so well, going to be some opportunities for the yeah. right guys that have mm-hmm. capital. Right. So, mm-hmm you can go in and a lot of these deals that the guys thought they were going to be able to refi and cash out on, they're going to have to refi, but they're probably going to be short proceeds to close. So yeah. those are going to be opportunities for guys with capital to put money mm-hmm. into those deals as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I take it that that is not just on development, but also on the existing building, right? Like classic, yes. Speak, buildings. That's correct. Now I've seen some, I've, it's,
1: I've only seen one development deal thus far, um, but I read about some other ones. But this one I saw was 400 units of senior housing, four different developments, Austin, Texas, uh, Paraland, Texas, right outside of Houston, and Braselton, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. Three really, really nice markets. Mm-hmm. These guys got really creative and financed this deal, uh, like 65 70% leverage they raised equity from a group of investors that use a Delaware statutory trust mm-hmm. that Delaware statutory trust works a lot like a 1031 exchange but okay. there's some the stark differences are a 1031 exchange you in, you invest by yourself and you have to take title to a like kind property right Well, this Delaware Statutory Trust allows you to partner with a group of other investors and you don't literally have to take title, but you can invest through that trust into this deal. So these guys Hmm. put together 40 million bucks into this Delaware Statutory Trust Mm -hmm. to go build 400 units of apartments. Senior housing. Mm -hmm. Really great business model. The... The problem that happened was they put this deal together in 2019 when everything was great. Yeah. Right before COVID. Mm-hmm. 2020, they started construction. <laughs> February of 2020, Wow. everything got shut down. Prices of everything in the construction 200. industry went up 300,
0: 400%. Yeah.
1: Overnight. So now these guys are halfway into this deal. That well, they ain't even halfway. Before they even get started, everything starts going up. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the no-nos with this Delaware Statutory Trust is that because you've got these investors that were looking to do a like-kind exchange, essentially, Mm -hmm. and put their money into this pool, you can't put any more money into it. So that fund is closed. So. per irs guidelines that delaware statutory trust once it's closed you can't put any more money in it and so the bank was not going to put any more money in it just because the prices went up the investors are forbidden from putting any more money in it and the sponsor didn't have any money to put in it so now this group of investors lost 40 million dollars and these three properties have already started construction and uh, one of them in houston's almost built The other two got steel frames up and that whole deal can probably be bought today for about 15 million. Wow. And they've spent over $65 million on these three projects. Wow. So that's that's... an opportunity. The only reason I don't want to go after that is because I've got four other projects working right now, but that could be a home run for the right. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.